What's going on, everybody? It's Jonathan Evans. I'm excited about uh, being with you again and just uh, talking over some more thoughts. I hope these uh, uh, weekly Bible studies are empowering you for your morning, starting your day, or whatever time of day you're able to listen to them, because it's it's been that for me, just studying God's Word and getting a little power punch each day. And I want to just talk to you today um, about Ephesians chapter 4. We're still talking about the power of one. We've, we've talked about one Lord. We've talked about one faith, one baptism um, a little bit. And so now I want to talk about one God and Father because Paul is on this one thing where he's talking about really you just need to be focused on one. One Lord because uh, Lord is the one who rules your life. So there shouldn't be anything else that rules your life other than the Lord. And if we seek ye first his kingdom, then he is able to take care of everything else. But a lot of us are chasing everything else and uh, saying bye-bye to his kingdom. And and that's what not what we need to do. We need to be focused on one Lord. And because we have one Lord, we need to have be focused on having one faith. Uh, that the object of our faith is what makes our faith wor- wor- worthy. And so we want to do that. And so we have one Lord, one faith, and then one identity, one baptism, that you have died with Christ and been resurrected to the newness of life, Romans 6 says. But then Paul goes on and he says, you have one God and Father uh, who is over all, through all, and in all. And so um, he wants to make mention of of God the Father, but he says you have one God and Father. And so he wants to, to show you both of those uh, things. And that's what I want to talk about just for a second. God, the, the word God means Elohim. Elohim means power. So when he's talking about God there, he's talking about God from a power sense, which takes you back to Genesis 1, because Genesis 1 is where you seeing God creating from nothing. It's called ex nihilo. So the power of God is shown in Genesis 1 just through creation because you see the term God there, not Lord God or Lord. It's the word God, which specifically means Elohim. And when God was demonstrating his power, it was at a time, if you look at Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, it says uh, the earth was formless and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And so the next verse, verse 3 says, let there be light. And so God brought light to darkness. Then you see that the the waters and the, the earth were together and God separated the waters from the land. And he called the land, land and the, and the water seas. And so he created order and chaos. And then what you see in, in his creation, skipping over a few things, but you see um, vegetation, you see uh, that animals are made, you see that uh, man is made. And so what you have there is you have life and lifelessness. And so God uses his power to bring light to, cha- uh, to, bring light to darkness, to bring order to chaos, and to bring life to lifelessness. So the reason why Paul wants you to know that there's one God is that there's only one who's powerful enough to bring light to your darkness, to to make sin non-existence, to bring righteousness uh, to bear in who you are. There's only one who can do that. There's only one who can bring order to your chaos. And there's only one who can bring life to situations that you thought have have fallen asleep, who can bring life to that relationship that you thought is dead or that marriage that you think is dead, that God has the power to do that because he's Elohim. The problem is, is that we look to other things as if they have the power to do it. But anything that shows itself as 
powerful enough to bring light to your darkness, order to your chaos and life to your lifelessness is really just a false God. It's an idol. It's something that we've placed over God and anything that you place over God, you realize that it's not God like God. And so Paul says there's only one God. There's only one you look to to provide those things. Now, some of us may be wondering why in the world uh, was the earth formless and void and darkness on the face of the deep? Um, uh, when you see that creation starts, it really is restoring something that has been kind of ungodly, kind of broken, kind of dark. I mean, uh, God is light and darkness is not in him at all, the Bible says. So how is the earth dark? Well, I want to take you back and give you a little uh, biblical lesson on what I feel like happened um, to kind of make it, give you some theology. Um there is Lucifer. Everybody knows Lucifer. Lucifer means shining one. It means the angel uh, that kind of was on the showroom floor, so to speak. If you think about a car lot, Lucifer was, I mean, he was, he was the man. I mean, God created Lucifer and Lucifer was the shining one. But one day Lucifer had a, had a problem and he started thinking that he was greater than God. He said, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of us all? Uh, as my dad would say, and obviously the mirror lied to him and said that it was him. Um, and so basically he got punished uh, based on Ezekiel 28, based on Isaiah 14, based on uh, uh, Luke 10. He was punished and he was punished and sent to the third planet from the sun, which is earth. And so his name changed to, to Satan and all of the angels that followed that coup that the Lucifer built in heavenly places became demons. And they were sentenced to the third planet from the sun awaiting the lake of fire. And so by the time you get to creation, when God has to bring light to darkness and bring order to chaos and bring life to lifelessness, you say, how in the world could the earth be a garbage dump at the beginning of the Bible? You literally open up the Bible to a literal garbage dump. That's what formless and void means. It means garbage dump. And the reason why um, you open up the Bible to a garbage dump is simply because garbage lives there. Now Satan has been excommunicated to this place called earth. Darkness is who he is because of his name change and the demons who followed him are there. And so you have this dark place that's chaotic um, and that is uh, basically lifeless because of who is there. And so, you know, Satan's there because in Genesis three, he shows up in the form of a snake and talks to Eve. And God tells Adam in Genesis two to guard the garden, guard the garden from what? Something must have already been there. And that's why I'm giving you a little bit of the theology on Lucifer becoming Satan. So you understand why the Bible opens up as a garbage dump. But why am I telling you this? Why am I giving you this theology? Simple, because God can take garbage and restore it. God has the ability, even if it's garbage created by your own nature, by the by the mistakes that you've made, by the the places that you've gone in to or the relationships that you've gone into and you've wrecked them because that's what 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 uh, Satan's pride did, even if it was our own pride or our own anger. Uh, or our own situations that we really went in and created this garbage scenario. That one thing that God has given mankind that he hasn't given angels is the ability to be restored. And so we can have excitement in that. And we can give um, praise in that scenario that God is able to turn our circumstances around. Because that's what he's done. But not only can he do that as Elohim bring life to lifelessness, order to chaos and light to darkness in whatever situation you face. Paul says, not only do you have one God, he's saying you also have 
a father. He says God and father. So he's not just appealing to his power. He's appealing to power that has your best interest in mind. And if you think about that, just think about having a powerful father or a father who's powerful. I mean, you just got to think about it that way. I remember one time my uh, my dad, um, I, I had trouble passing my SATs. I was trying to go play football, Division One college football, and I had trouble passing my SATs and my ACT and all of that just to get the scholarship to get in. I mean, I, I just failed and failed because I wasn't a good time test taker type guy. And I said, Dad, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go to junior college. I really want to go to Baylor University and play, but I can't pass my tests. And he said, uh, so I appealed to my father and he said, okay, well, just give me a week or so and let me see if I can set, set something up for you. I said, well, what are you going to do? I mean, this is standardized testing. There's there's no way you're going to overcome, you know, the state of Texas or, or just the United States and how you have to get into college. Uh, little did I know that he had a lot more power than I thought. He came back a week later and he said, you know what, son, I, I was able to get you no time on your ACT in about a week if you're willing to do that. I said, of course I'm willing to do that. I got to sit in the counselor's office at Duncanville High School and take that test from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's how long it took me because I'm very methodical with tests, which is why I couldn't pass it with the time. So it took me from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. to pass that test. And the only reason I was able to get that is not simply because my father had power, but because he was my father. A lot of my teammates were saying, well, man, can he do that for me? Can he, can he do that for me? And I was saying, well, I mean, he has the power to do it for you, but he doesn't have the same relationship with you that he has with me. And so what he was able to do with me was not just based on his power. It was also based on the relationship. So even though due to my own insufficiencies, I had a garbage situation because I couldn't pass my powerful father based on our relationship and his power, was able to put me in a situation where my failure could be redemptive. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what Paul is saying. Yes, you have one Lord, one faith, and one identity, but man, you and I, we have a powerful father who loves us, who gave his uh, son for us, and who has the power to restore us for eternity and redeem us for eternity, but he also has the power to restore us in history. He brings order to chaos. He brings light to darkness and he brings life to lifelessness, not just as God, but also in your personal experience as father. I'm Jonathan Evans. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Hopefully that encouraged you for your day. And as always, be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord and know that it will not go in vain till next time. Hey,